Hey folks, Andrew Packer here and welcome to Trading Tips. Well, in the world of investing, a lot of times it just comes down to relativity, much like particle physics. Uh, a bargain in one area of the market only looks like a bargain just because there's so many more overpriced and expensive alternatives elsewhere. A poster child for this year to date has been in gold. Gold has been doing very well. Markets have shown a lot more volatility and they've been showing a, a willingness to come very steeply and very quickly off of their all-time highs. Meanwhile, gold's just, gold has just been churning higher. And as it's been churning higher, it's gotten more and more investor interest and started to move even higher on a, on a percentage basis because it's been a relative value after being out of favor with the market for so long. But this doesn't just have to be between asset classes. This can even happen with individual companies kind of in the same area. So I thought today we could look at a tale of essentially two different companies and see which one looks like a good investment opportunity and, and which one doesn't. So let's start over here with company A. We're going to have company B. Now, company A is going to trade at just nine times forward earnings. That's just what the analysts expect that it's going to, to bring in in the next year relative to its stock price. Uh, historically, the stock market's traded between 15, 20 times earnings on average. Right now, it's been in the low 20s. Company B, again, in the same industry, is actually going to be trading at about 29 times earnings, uh, over three times as, as, as high. Essentially, for every dollar of earnings you're buying here, you would need to shell out $3 to get a dollar of earnings here. So you're paying a much bigger price kind of on that level. So that is the P-E ratio, just looking at that. Now, you know, let's just talk dividend yield because everybody likes getting cash. Uh, company A has got a 6% dividend yield. That's a huge amount of money. Uh, the stock market returns an average of about 8% per year, adjusting for all of the up years and all the down years. And if you're getting 6% off of a company, it only has to go up about 2% a year on average for you to just get the market average. If you're getting a company with a lower dividend, the share price doesn't have to appreciate that much for you to be able to continue to compound shares. You can take the dividend, reinvest it in shares, and at nine times earnings, you know, that's a pretty good uh, place to, to take extra capital that you have coming into your portfolio periodically. Now, Company B, on the other hand, shares are about a 2.5% yield. Well, that's, that's less than half of what you're getting in, in terms of, of the dividend yield here. Again, that's, that's not as attractive. 2.5% certainly looks very good, especially with some of the moves that we've been seeing in the bond market lately. Uh, a 10-year Treasury note yielding about 1.5% right now makes either of these companies look yeah, a little more attractive, at least on an income basis, but you also have to account for the, the fluctuations that you're going to get in the stock market. So adjusted for that risk, uh, you know, company A is still looking like it's a lot better here. But now let's look at just one more value. And that value is a bit of a mouthful. Uh, it's called EV to EBITDA. It's essentially the enterprise value of the company against the earnings before the interest, taxes, depreciation, and amortization. And when we look at company A, it's got an EV to EBITDA of about 9. Uh, when I was in private equity, if the reading came in at or under 10 on a company, that was considered a, a pretty strong contender to just go ahead and you know, make an offer to buy the whole thing at that price uh, because you'd be getting a very good value. And looking at sort of all of the accounting things that go into there, yeah, it'd be pre pretty good there. Now, company B, well, the EV to EBITDA is actually about 19. It's a lot higher, and most private equity companies really don't want to buy that right now. So which company is the better investment right now? Well, in a second, let's take a guess. Which one do you think is a better one? 
Hi, this is Alexander Green, Chief Investment Strategist for the Oxford Club. Just for a moment, I'd like you to picture the perfect stock. No doubt it would have hundreds of billions in revenue, more than IBM, Facebook, and Google. It would probably be a leader in cutting-edge technology like smartphones and robotics. It would be on the verge of dozens of blockbuster announcements. But most of all, it would be ultra-cheap trading at less than $3 a share. Now, it may seem crazy that such a stock exists, but it does. It's a cutting-edge tech company that has made deals worth hundreds of millions of dollars with Nokia, Microsoft, and Cisco, and a $29.2 billion deal with Apple. It's set to create 50,000 new jobs right here in America, and Donald Trump even calls it the eighth wonder of the world. Yet you've likely never even heard of the stock. Why? Because it trades under a secret name. To find out how this secret $3 stock could help you retire, simply go to retireononestocknow.com. That's retireononestocknow.com. Well, if you said company A, yeah, on a numbers basis and on an earnings basis, you are absolutely correct. So let's put some, some ticker symbols behind here and, and see which company is which. Well, this is uh, a company we've actually talked about before on this series. Company A is Kraft Heinz. Company B is the Hershey Company. Now, they're both food conglomerates. Hershey's much bigger into candy, chocolate, that sort of thing. And of course, Kraft Heinz is the amalgamation of a lot of different things from beans, condiments, uh, you name it. And of course, Kraft Heinz has been in the news yet again because the company did another one of its write-downs. When Kraft and Heinz, both very big food companies in and of themselves, merged with each other, they created an even bigger company. And because there was a premium to the, the share price when that merger happened, there was a lot of uh, what's called goodwill on the company's balance sheet. Covered all this in the previous Kraft Heinz video, so the short version is, when the company doesn't necessarily grow as much as it expects, uh, the company is perfectly within its rights from an accounting perspective, which goes to this kind of EBITDA concept of, of being able to sort of write off its goodwill and report that as a, as a loss, which is why Kraft Heinz looks like a much better bargain right now. Now, in the most recent quarter, Kraft Heinz wrote off about $1.5 billion of its goodwill. It's still got plenty left on its balance sheet, but it's just reflecting the fact that their core business is struggling, people aren't enjoying the brands the way they used to, and, and some of these other key points. But as a result of that, shares once again slid to a new low on a little more, and the company lost about $4 billion in market value as a result of this $1.5 billion write-down. Now, if you're doing the math, and I am, you know, it looks like a $4 billion decline in value from a $1.5 billion write-off is a bit of an overreaction by the market. And when we just kind of, you know, take away the ticker symbols and we look at these two different companies, essentially within the same, you know, kind of broader food space, we can see that there's definitely a, a much more of an oversold valuation here. Now, Hershey shares here to date have gone from a trading range around the 100 to 110 range up into the 150s right now. Uh, that's part of why its P-E ratio has soared so high, why its valuation is so high, why its dividend yield is much lower than it used to be. A few years ago, the company was much more of a bargain and a little more of a sleepy kind of slow-moving trade uh, just because, you know, everyone wants to own candy. Uh, everyone wants to eat candy. It's a great business to be in, but it's sort of a, a slow growth business because you can't really double your candy consumption in a year. And the price of a Hershey chocolate, while not expensive, makes it a little luxury that anyone can afford. Uh, so its growth opportunities are, you know, likewise pretty low, as any mature company is going to be. So would you really want to pay almost 30 times earnings for a company that's mature and slow growing, or would you rather pay 10 times earnings? 
Would you rather get a 2.5% dividend yield or a 6% dividend yield? Would you rather buy it at a valuation where, you know, if this were a smaller company in the private equity space, someone might want to make a, a bargain at it at its current price or one that, you know, you would probably want to sell at that price. So looking at two different companies within the same industry, uh, we can essentially see you know, where relative values are. And this is just one example today. So like I said in the last video on Kraft Heinz that I did, you know, I like where the company is. You know, they're still probably going to be struggling for a bit. Uh, but with a dividend yield over 6%, you know, with its current valuation, uh, where it is, and you know, with management slowing down the pace of its write-downs and sort of acknowledging that, yeah, it's going to be a slow growing, but you know, they'll still get there, uh, you know, it still looks like a buy today. And I, I think it's absolutely going to turn around in time. But, you know, again, in time can take a while. However, you know, if you're buying a company like Hershey today, uh, you know, your upside potential, you've got to rely on it going even higher and the yield going even lower. And that just seems like a, a much more difficult way to make your money in the market right now, overpaying versus buying something that's been oversold and looks unloved. So that'll wrap things up for this edition of Trading Tips. Until next time, I'm Andrew Packer wishing you good trading and good financial health.